Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am Nikki Klegel, and I am so happy that you are here with us today. For those of you listening, we are now doing live streaming, so you can head to my Facebook page. It's Nikki Klegel, and it's spelled there on the site, so if you're listening, you're logged on, you can see my name, just spell it out, and then there's two pages. Use the one that says Fulfill Your Legacy. That's my work page, so go ahead and head there, but I am so happy that you are listening to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hey, I am an author, a coach, and a speaker, now a talk show host, and I am so grateful for this opportunity to reach literally thousands, millions of you people with what I know is the good news, the news I want you all to know about. And so I think that there's one particular subject we're going to be working on for four weeks, and I know it's going to change your life, and it's all about making wise choices. Let's take a quick second and explain how the show works for newcomers. So we're going over my book. I'm going to give you a good shot here. There you go. Those of you on Facebook can see it. So basically, the book is laid out in a particular way. There's four sections to the book. The first section really helps us get our life partnered with God because I know this makes a huge difference in our lives. The second part of the book talks about our self-love and finding out who we are in God's eyes and really getting to this healthy place where I know God can do great things in us. We're not hung up on things from our past. Then the third section, that's what we're in right now. So the next four weeks, we're going to be in this third section, and it's all about making wise choices. Once we've really gotten partnered with God, we're really in a whole place. We love ourselves and others and God. Then we're ready to make some wise choices. Then we're going to get to making mistakes, and it's called Mistakes Matter. We know we're going to. We're sinful. We're going to screw up. We want to tackle that. Then we've got a little bit of uh, work to do on forgiveness and how that really can take us to a new level. And last, the legacy. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. So I want people to know that when they're partnered with God and making these wise choices, they are getting themselves to a place where they know what their life purpose is. They're able to trap into the Trinity. They're able to reach their goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. Think of Matthew nineteen twenty six. It says, with man, it is not possible. But with God, all things are possible. And it's so true. I want that for you. Let's go ahead and tackle this decision-making topic. So the way the book's laid out, you know this now, we're going to do this for four weeks. The first week, which is right now, we're going to be looking at the problems. The problems that we have when we're trying to live in this world and we're making decisions based off what? Other people's recommendations, what the world's telling us, what feels good. Doesn't that sound familiar? I want us to get to the truth and make our decisions based off the oldest and wisest book that still is relevant today, that still shows us exactly what we need to do. It's not hard. We just have lost sight of it a little bit. It wasn't that long ago, I'm going to be pretty vulnerable here, that I opened up the Bible and it went, 
and the seam of it sort of crunched, okay? So this is real. We all have this, but I really know there's so much more, and that's what I want for you guys. So we're looking at the problems. Let's go ahead and think about this. So I opened my book. I'm going to actually read. I haven't done this before. And I wonder how I'm going to do reading um, with you all staring at me. But I want you to see this um, kind of premise or this point that I try to make that I think is so interesting. And I I think it's going to help us. So take a listen to this. So take a minute and think on the commonly used 10-point pain scale. With one being the least amount of pain and 10 the most. If a person rates their pain at a six, then it's a six. I got to stop a minute. So this is right out of my book, but I'm a nurse. You guys know this. I've been a director of nursing for over 20 some years. And so this speaks to me. I hope it makes sense to you. But so if they rate their pain a six, then it's a six. It's their reality and a healthcare team knows how to treat them appropriately. Now, the very next person can come in with the exact amount of injury put upon them, yet they scored a four, which is their reality, and they are treated appropriately. The scale is very effective and proven. Even with varying pain impressions of pain stimuli, it works. It works because the tool in which is measuring is the same for everyone. What if the patient used a pain scale backwards? with 10 being the least? Or what if the individual decided to make up their own scale, which wasn't even used by the healthcare team at all? Chaos and pain would result. So don't you kind of think right now our world is sort of living in some chaos and pain? Do you think that we might benefit from one by one, slowly getting back on the pain scale, back on the exact same tool, get us all together again. And no, you know, it's a little unrealistic to think that in a blink of an eye, we're all going to be there. But one by one, we can. And I've seen my life turn around. I've seen the lives of those that I've been coaching now for a year or two turn around by slowly going back to what's true and right. These rules are more powerful than the world. These truths overcome everything that we're taught in this world. This is what I want for you. Okay, so we've known, okay, we've got this idea. I want to take it a little further. Why do you think that we all need to kind of be going off? How is it helpful for us all to be going off the same rules? Businesses know this. When they work on their mission, vision, and values, they know in a business that if they want to run a tight ship, if they want their people making as much change, making as much impact, and affecting the world as much as they can, if they can get them all believing and understanding and feeling and buying into the same thoughts, it makes a difference. That's what we need. What about families? You know, families a lot of times have their own little contracts, right? They kind of say, these are our written rules. And when the whole family buys into them and understands them, but think about that. How is that to be raised in a home where there are no rules or the rules are unwritten? And then the, the child tries to go out and do something and they're punished or they're misdirected. Or they're let to go free and then they have to live the consequences. What if we don't know or share our rules? Okay, so now I want us to think a little bit about society. So the way I I talk about this a lot in the book, but basically, you know, in society today, we 
are so mobile. We're so busy and we're running around like crazy. We're, we are so blessed that we literally have money to vacation every weekend if we want. Now, not everybody's in the same situation and I got to stop a minute because I know I am talking to people in other countries and I just have to give a shout out. Oh my word. Okay, Nigeria, Ireland, Japan, Hong Kong. I mean, I am so grateful for everyone listening and I need to remember not just to talk about my environment right here, but the truth is we are busy and we are stressed and all these things pull us away from and maybe we don't even have the physical means to get to a church. But the busyness of our lives sometimes in our environment keeps us away from going to church. Literally, we have lake homes and golf course homes and we're on vacations and we're traveling. So how do we do that? How do we get back to some of those rules that are going to teach us and remind us of what those truths are so that we really can function? It's not that we don't want to do it. A lot of us don't even remember anymore. Literally, I remember this several years ago myself, like reading the Bible for the first time, really reading my Bible for the first time and thinking, that's written in there? Oh, I didn't know that. And there's a little bit of pain with that too. Every time you read that Bible and you learn one more rule, it sets in your heart. It sets in your mind and then you're compelled to do yet that. And then what compels you even more to follow that rule and share that rule is because you see it work in your life. You see it become real and you see it give you blessings and you see it grow your life in ways you never imagined. And so people who are listening to this and sort of like, Nikki, what? Oh, come on. You just need to step into it. You need to try it. And I believe you wouldn't be on this page listening if there's not already just a little hinkling of what is this about? And then also, I know I've got people in here that watch this and I can see posts right now of people that literally have such an understanding of the word. And they're telling me verses and they're teaching me. And that's the great thing about all this. But if the people we spur each other on is what we do. And that's what we want. I mean, literally, we want to grow each other, spur each other on and take each other to a new level. But we can't do that if we're not getting around each other. We can't do that if we're not getting to church, if we're not um, making, learning more, maybe joining Bible studies, all these things, even directing our children and knowing how to, knowing what to say to them. You don't have to. Everyone says, oh, I wish there was a class on parenting. There is. You have a syllabus of literally the best parenting guide ever, and it's written right in there. You can do like I say. Remember how I always say, go to the internet, go up to the search bar. If you don't have a Bible, just go up to the internet and type in Bible verses on raising your children. Boom, 30 are going to come out. (laughs) And literally, when you do that, you're going to read those. And remember how I taught you like the Holy Spirit lives and breathes in the written word. So as you read those Bible verses, just let them go. Let them flow. Like you read the first one. Okay, that's good or whatever. You're going to get to a couple that ugh, sort of like grab at you, sort of inspire you, sort of nudge you. That is the Holy Spirit living and breathing in the written word. That's him teaching you and saying, this is the one. This is the one, my friend, my daughter, my son. This is the one. I love it. Okay, so now let's go ahead. 
And let's think about a couple of things. We talked about this pain scale, meaning we need to get all on the same page. And if we can't be in control of everyone, which we aren't, let's ourselves get on the same page. Let's ourselves tune into the word and then share it. Share it with love, grace, all these things. The second thing is society is pulling us away from the written word, pulling us away from churches where we meet together. And so be mindful of that. Make a huge effort to get together. So then the last one is some some of these choices. So how do we look at this then? So we have choices. First, all choices in my mind come down to priority. What is the priority of our choice and our decisions we're going to make? Because those are the ones we really make happen. So think about Proverbs 3.8. I'm going to go ahead and read it here for you. So this will be the health to your body and the nourishment to your bones. I mean, honestly, when you are living in this world and you feel wore out, beaten down, tired, the word, getting around these sisters and brothers, getting filled up with this will literally be the health to your body and the nourishment to your bones. I mean, I want that for you. And then Hebrews 10.25, listen to this one. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I mean, we're told, and he forewarned us. He knew we were going to get out of the habit of meeting together. He knew it, but it says don't do it. And so when I was saying earlier how I'm noticing that now that I'm in the living word, my company's catchphrase is faith-infused living reaches goals higher. Do you know I did that on purpose because I know as I have infused faith, that means the written word, the Holy Spirit, like walking along beside the Holy Spirit, calling on God and all his power, all these things. As I have done this for my life, it transformed my life my business, my marriage, everything. I want this for you. As I've seen my clients come to me one by one and seen their life transform, seen some of them say, I don't even own a Bible. Others say, oh, I know it all. (laughs) And so I just watch them all because God doesn't care. He, He always has more than us. And so wherever we're at in our faith, we can always infuse it a little deeper and it's always going to work in us a little more. And I want this for you guys. Okay, so then I want you to think about Colossians 3.16. So how can we keep our churches um, up with the times? This is a big thing. A lot of people are a little bit like, church is so old and they're bored, they're whatever. And it's like, we need to get our churches up with the times. And some of our churches are really doing an awesome job at this. Others are doing it so much that they've lost the times. They've gotten away from the truths. How do we keep this balance of keeping up with the times, getting us into the world, but then at the same time, keeping the truth? keeping that black and white copy and not making a copy of a copy of a copy. And then pretty soon our churches don't resemble the church God wants for us in the first place. How do we do this? Listen to this verse, Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom through the word. Get to the word, churches. Hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. We need to get together and we need to sing the praises together. 
So I have to tell you, we are wrapping up already with this section of living within the sweet spot. You have to come back. Stay tuned. Be right back because we have Liz Testa, one of my dear friends, coming up next. I will see you in a few minutes. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Voice America is going live from Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. Tune in voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Check out all the fan favorites as we give you an inside look into the latest and greatest in film and television with on-site exclusive celebrity interviews, cosplay, comics, geekdom, and more May 25th and 26th starting at 1 p.m. Join the Voice America executives and Hollywood executives Summer Helene as we broadcast live on location. Check out hashtag Voice America, hashtag Behind the Scenes, and hashtag DYIG to follow the latest action on social media. Listen live at voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America CEO Jeff Spinard and VP Ryan Treasure will be live on site at 2 p.m. Friday for a special broadcast of Finding Your Frequency Radio. Then join Hollywood bad guys Summer Helene on Behind the Scenes Live at 4 p.m. Tune in, Voice America. The leader in live internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Living Within the Sweet Spot, but I have Liz Testa here, and I am so excited about having her with us. I'm going to read a little bit of her bio, but this is Reverend Liz Testa. She is a pastor, 
an artist, a visionary leader, an innovator, and community builder who is passionate about encouraging and equipping others to live into their God-given gifts and callings. She currently serves as the Reformed Church of America as the denominational leader for women's transformation and leadership. In this culture-shifting roles, she helps the RCA pursue a vision for full inclusion of women's gifts and influences in the churches and beyond. Her team designs and leads a variety of processes to support women's spiritual and leadership growth, as well as inviting faith communities to create spaces where healthy female-male ministry partnerships can develop and thrive. And that is so cool because I know this is a part of many of your wise choices. Mm -hmm. So Liz, do you mind taking a minute and just kind of letting us know how the topic today at hand, making choices, has really changed your life and letting other people hear this transformation? Well, first, Nikki, it's so great to be with you. And uh, everything that uh, you just read about my uh, my mission in life right now, you are incarnating it. You are the poster child for women's transformation and leadership. And so I just want to say God bless you. And for all of the people whose lives you're touching uh, through this radio talk show and live streaming, as well as, you know, one-on-one and in your community, what a blessing because this is what's possible. Mm-hmm. When we are obedient to what God is calling us to and we move out in faith, not fear, and we do seek wise counsel, and we, we seek to walk obediently, and we delve into the word um, and pray and discern. Look at the fruit that just springs from the tree, even if the tree is just a little sapling. <laughs> so just to say, that is my, um, my joy and my passion. And so thank you for being the change I wish to see in the world. And I know that the church wishes that as well, because um, the big thing for, for women's transformation and leadership, and I, I believe for the whole church today, is the world is aching and groaning for, for, for God's love and light and healing. And so we need more of us from within the church to be equipped to go out and share that love and that light and that healing power that Jesus brings. So, um, so this is, to me, this is mission critical. It's mission critical. Yeah. And a privilege for me to be part of that. And so just to say quickly, for me, my, I'm a second career pastor. Um, I'm based in the New York City area. I was living happily uh, as a commercial actress uh, and spokesperson working and, and earning my living very nicely, um, enjoying my 15 minutes of fame, as they say. And then God started to just work on my heart. The Holy Spirit just started to whisper to me, this is not all there is. And, um, and I just think about, um, you know, in Matthew 16, it talks about what good is it to have the whole world and who's your soul? And you were talking about psalms and music and what have you. There's that song, you know, about not wanting to have the whole world and lose your soul. And I, I often hear that in my mind's ear when I'm driving, um, because what what is it if, if we're just serving, we may be using our gifts, but if we're just serving for the sake of, of, of those gifts or for the sake of entertainment, um, we really are losing out and, and the world is losing out. And I think God wants more from us. Yeah. So for me, as God called me and, and, and wooed me to God's self um, through, through my church and through opportunities to do ministry and then to discern that I needed more education and then finally to ordination. Um, yeah. Making wise decisions is so important. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is awesome. And so uh, I don't want this to be a tennis match of compliments, but <laughs> but I have to say you complimenting and saying you're stepping into your walk is because I had people like you, Pastor Tim, another mentor who is my author or my publisher, Carrie Oberbrenner, 
my husband, all these people that were really pivotal. And that's so important that the people listening do. That's what we call wise counsel. Like get around the people that are going to be spurring you and encouraging you to grow and um, impact the world more. It's all about loving and serving. And if whatever you're doing is loving and serving, you're on the right track. Um, I have a question for you. Um, it's I, I wrote down these questions earlier, but how do you discern yourself? You know, you've made mention in this last little talk about how you took these paths, but how is it that you really tapped into and were able to hear God and know? And a lot of people ask me this question, and I, I want to hear what you have to say about knowing what to do next. Well, I think the most important thing we have to do is get quiet. We have to be still and know that God is God. And so the only way to do that is to take a step back from the busyness, the, 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 the stuff that's all around us, and just take a breath and say, Lord, what, what, what are you asking of me? And just allow that small, still voice to just start to stir in us. And um, I think as we do that, as we open ourselves up to prayer, um, and, and from the internal, then we start to see people around us are reflecting things that are like, oh, I hadn't thought of myself that way before. Oh, I hadn't thought of that opportunity. And, um, and I think as we just continue to do that, one thing that you said before that I, I just want to touch on is the importance of community. Mm-hmm. The Western world, this is very important. I want everyone to really think about this. Our Western ways are all about the individual. Mm-hmm. And this is about being, you know, the in and of the world thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we want to guard ourselves from buying into being, uh, 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 I have to make it on my own. Uh, and in some places, we've got to be brave and we've got to move forward. And it does feel like we've got to do it, you know, on our own. However, in God's economy, Jesus calls us to love one another. That's agape. The Greek is agape, which is community, love in community. The greatest gift Jesus gave us was each other. So we must think about it as a communal effort. And once we sit back and don't think so much about the Western way of having to be individualistic, but being more communal, I think then that also helps. It's kind of like we're working on what God is doing inside of us. And then we can start to see what's being reflected around us. And then people can champion us. You were talking about spurring each other on. I wrote that down. That's our favorite women's transformation and leadership's favorite scripture right now that God put on our hearts is from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Yeah. Already doing it. We just, we just want to raise the bar on it and really affirm and, um, and, and encourage each other. Because if you're being called to do a new thing, Nikki, it's Mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah, it is. And Mm -hmm. even if we're excited about it, we still are, you know, um, I'm fearful. The other thing I wanted to, to say was, um, so you pray and you discern, you get quiet and you hear from God, but also you have to walk with a cover of humility. Because as God is really um, stirring on us and asking us to do things that are different or that may even be countercultural, I mean, I was, I was, you know, I was a successful actress. For me to step out, I literally stepped out off the stage and into the sanctuary. And I had people going, "Don't you want fame and fortune? What are you doing?" And I thought, I- "I'm, I'm on a mission from God." <laughs> so, yeah. And I had to really walk humbly that God was going to equip me for whatever ministry was to bring. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that is something, uh, you know, the enemy wants us to to not feel like we have what it takes yeah. to do what God is calling us to do. Yeah. We have to guard ourselves from that. And that's yeah. why that wise counsel is so encur- yeah. important and the encouragement is so important. Yeah, you're bringing up another topic. Sorry to throw a new question on, but, um, you know, you, you talked about maybe a little bit more fear or, or, I don't know, just using the wise counsel. but. I really liked, and I can use this show as a good example, pretty much every time I've had to grow in a new place that I wasn't quite prepared for, but God sure thought I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've called wise counsel, you, Pastor Tim, whatever. And I just remember Pastor Tim once saying, and me saying to him, I'm just so uncomfortable. I don't feel equipped for this or whatever. And him just saying, oh, get used to it. Because every time, this is what happens, every time as you grow, I want you guys to know that as you step out, and she, and Liz said, if you just start out as a little spindling little plant, you know, if you're brand new to all this, as you achieve that and feel comfort in that and start to get answers in that, God's going to put a new doorway in front of you that's a little bigger and a little more pushing. And then you're going to be able to get through that. And it's just going to keep snowballing and growing. There's comfort and there's increased faith in that. As you look back, I like to think of um, God looking back at this at his seven or looking back at the week at all of his work and us, how important it is to look back at the work that God's done in our lives because it in increases our faith and that only gives us bigger opportunities and more ways to love and serve but um speak to that fear a little well so you know we we are called to walk in faith not fear yes however um you know there's a lot in scripture about fearing of fearing the lord yes and i think that you know and and i think about psalm 139 where it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made yeah and that fearfully is can be translated as awesome yeah so it's just this awesomeness of god it's just so so if we translate our fear of the lord into like our understanding of the awesomeness of god absolutely we are created in god's image we are god's beloved daughters and sons in whom god is well pleased then that helps to just let that Fear trickle away. I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt used to say, we must, must do that which we think we cannot. And so if we just know that with God, all things are possible. You were talking about like, what is the scripture that speaks to your heart? I know mm-hmm. when I was making my way through uh, in the Reformed Church in America, they make sure that we are very well educated in order to become a minister of word and sacrament. And I was grateful for that because I had a BFA in acting. So I needed, a lot of, <laughs> I needed a lot of inner study to be able to walk confidently in my calling. But um, the scripture that God put on my heart was from Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12, which we know is, is a very um, popular one. I'm going to read it from, from scripture. This is um, the New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. That's verse 11. Then verse 12, for I know, uh, sorry, uh, in those days when you pray, I will listen. And it continues. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. And there I will end your captivity. Now, what's important about this for me was that's what God put on my heart. And let me tell you, Nikki, I had 40 people around me praying for me and taking me over the threshold to be 
ordainable. And so it was a really big deal for me to lean into that. And then as I started to exegete it, which is our fancy churchy term for going deeper into what is the, what is the original language uh, say, this is actually speaking to the people Israel. Mm -hmm. It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. It's actually a whole body of people. It's not just one individual. And that call to come and pray, and then God will will come and, and help. And that was so important. So that was, you know, that still worked for me personally. Let me, let me say that I yeah. still myself, but then God called me out of my home church where I finally become an associate minister and out into this bigger body of the church to serve. And then it became women's transformation and leadership scripture. And then it was like, here we are, all of us, a future with hope, not one of disaster, mm-hmm. not one of disaster there and then really calling all of us to pray together so in terms of being guarded in and shored up against the fears i mean there's there's fears all over yeah you could just walk out your door and you're assaulted by the what if right yeah i call it yeah Um, and so so just to say that that's where scripture can really speak to you both personally Mm -hmm. and as a group and really help to guard you Mm -hmm. putting on the armor of christ the Mm -hmm. armor of the word is so powerful and yeah. forward and just bust through. Um, the enemy seeks to divide and conquer. That's from scripture. Mm-hmm. And I say it all the time when sometimes, you know, sometimes women can be, you know, we can kind of turn on each other a little bit because society pits us, you know, puts us in competition. And so we have to constantly say, we are going to, we are not going to allow this. And so we just have to constantly seek how the word, how God calls us to be um, in unity together, uh, and and to be connected and to be encouraging of one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't say enough about how Scripture really encourages us, and then we have to claim it. I mean, yeah. on the front of our brochure, on the front of our, we have a new magnet with the encourage one another. Our, yeah. our, our former brochure had another scripture on it, Isaiah forty three nineteen. You just got to claim it, name it and claim it, and then just share it. Yeah. Like, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. I like how you um, made this kind of affirmation of you decide and claim because that's our whole topic is sort of just being in this place of choice. Do we step into where we're called or do we not? And when we're talking about fear, um, the power, I love that too. Exactly like you expressed it, like fearing God and all of his awesome power, where he's going to take us, where he might lead us, the power he can actually give us that Mm -hmm. scares us to death. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I I love the story of the two, it's a legend of the white um, wolf and and a black one, and the two cannot coexist together. And imagining like we have this fear of darkness, we have this fear and almighty awesome greatness, and they don't coexist together. So which one wins? It's the one we feed. It's the dog, the animal that we feed. And so, you know, do we feed ourselves? You know, do we feed God? Do we talk to him? Do we stay connected to him? Do we love on him? Do we ask for him to be part of our lives and all these things? Or do we give all of our attention to the fear that's saying you're not good enough? You're not smart enough. You're not whatever. I love that. Okay. So I have, we have three minutes. I want to save oh a bit of time. I know it flies by. I want to save a tiny bit of time for you to share with people some of your sites. Now I have put links off to the side so 
everyone listening, you can go ahead to the side of our shot here and you'll be able to see the links and go to those. There's some cool websites for everyone. When she said, now God's put her around all women. I mean, um, that's really cool and men alike, but that definitely a call to, to women. So go ahead and check those out. But I want you to leave everyone with a tip. If you had one tip that you could really say, I want you all to think on this and it's, it's good, what would it be? The tip I would give truly speaks to everything we've been talking about is just to give yourself permission to get quiet and get quiet to hear from God and then to hear from those people who are around you and what they might be saying and then look for where those things connect. Mm -hmm. That is where you're going to find the Holy Spirit at work. And think about it like this, where your passion meets the world's great need is your calling. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So um, now go ahead and share with everyone nice and loud here where they can connect with you and how they can find your stuff. Well, we're on uh, we're on the internet. So if you go to rca.org, French slash women, and then if you go to Facebook, we have uh, She Is Called is our Facebook page. And then you can also, if you'd like to join us at RCA Women, um, that's our closed group that you can be a part of for prayer and for mutual encouragement. All right. Thank you so much, Liz. Now, I always ask everyone if they're willing to stay around because we have some questions and answers at the end, and I'd love your input. And she's shaking her head yes, so we'll get to keep her around. Everyone, I want you to stay tuned. We're going to be open for calls when we come back. You can use 1-888-346-9141 or international 001-480-553. 5760. I have posted that in a comment underneath this live Facebook feed, but you can also shoot me an email. I've got a few backlog. And when I say a few, we're sitting at about 70. So lots of great emails. Keep them coming, but don't be shy. Get on the lines. I will talk to you guys when we come back on Living Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. 
Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Living Within the Sweet Spot. And we also have Liz Testa staying here on the lines with us. And so feel free to call. We would love to answer any questions you might have. Yet, I still keep getting emails. And I saved, I was telling Liz on break, I saved one. Um, I think your name is Anudi, Anadi. I don't know for sure, but I, it's a beautiful name. And you were in the first round. And I just saved this one knowing it would be perfect for this section. So she goes on to say that um, she's in a good church. Um, she desires to, she's in a good church family and she desires to be in that church. So I don't know if she's in a network um, of people and yet wants to start attending that church, but she goes on to say that she knows the truth of God, but her family does not share the same beliefs. And she says, I could once listen to their instructions. So her family's instructions, but now she feels her heart rebel when she listens to her family's um, teachings. And so this is all breaking my heart. And she goes on to say that um, her church is a, a follower of Christ and that's not in the beliefs of her family and just sort of like advice, you know, do I have any advice? And so I do want to say first because I've got so many different countries and environments that we're speaking to, we don't really know the situation here, but I think it's good to maybe just coach on it in many different ways so that people listening can just respond and think on it in the way that fits them. But first of all, we want you safe. And I think that God is so powerful, all knowing, we know he's omniscient. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. Um, You know, are you able to keep it clear in your head as to the direction that God's calling you on while you're in that place? And do you have to remain in that place? Um, you know, I, I doubt your child, I, the way you wrote and everything. I feel like you're an adult and moving on. And maybe you're in an environment now where you can start to step away from the family. And I don't mean away from their hearts. I mean, away from their location a bit so that you can start to be in the places you want to be. If that's safe for you, Um, you know, I, I'll just speak a tiny bit and, and keep in mind I'm in the U S but my husband grew up Catholic and that's a Christian faith. We love that. And I converted because I wanted to practice his faith and I felt good about that. I I never gave my parents a thought, you know, when you're 20 some years old, you, it never crossed my mind what they might think about it. And obviously they were fine. 
But a few years down the road, we had gotten moved into town after town, and there weren't always churches that were established. There weren't Sunday school practices for these kids, and I just wanted more of that. And so we ended up going to a Reformed church, and it, somebody invited us, and we were literally infused with God and the Word, and our kids were, and it just started to change our lives, and we started doing that. We did not understand that this would be so hard on his family. And, um, you know, we just, again, we're oblivious. We just think that if you're following Christ, you're following Christ. And, you know, it's all a little different. But anyway, it, it is hard to hurt your family and let them down sometimes. But we, we did do it as graciously as possible. And they came along and saw the changes. They could see the changes in us. And it ends up witnessing to other people. So that's one thing, but I really want us to focus on your safety and getting yourself around people that, you know, um, can start to fill you up that way. And if you're in a place where you can um, start attending, just, just, I say, do it and be as gracious as you possibly can. Liz, I know with your um, countries and stuff you're with, you have some good advice here. Well, of course, I love that you're saying safety. And um, we also have, of course, in the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father. So we always want to make sure that we're aligned with Scripture in that regard as well. And so for me, it's interesting because I also have a husband who was raised Catholic. So, um, <laughs> but, but I think also um, the most important thing is that we just know that God is calling us. God is wooing us to God's self. And so for this um, for this woman who's writing in, just for her to know that God loves her and that she can be gentle about the way that she connects with her family, just to be respectful and gentle, yet still allow God to speak to her and for her to get nourished. Yeah, I think that's really good. You know, paying attention to that, calling on him and asking him. And I've even forgot the power of prayer. Like literally pray to God and say, Make this happen. Help me. I feel your nudges telling me I need to do this. So then show me the way and I'm going to listen and respond and stuff. So it's surprising what that God can do when we really ask. Ask, seek, knock. I mean, come on. Look. So thank you for your question. I think it's really, really a great one. And please message me um, if you're listening. I'm sure you will be. But please message me if you have more you want to connect on and you and I can do that later. Okay, so then the next question coming in, I think is a really good one. I want us to look at this too. So this is uh, Susan. So she says, my children are so convinced in their beliefs. I, I'm taking it these are adult children. Okay. Um, they speak with such conviction that they dare and challenge me to think I am off, old-fashioned, and quite frankly wrong. <laughs> what bothers me is I raised them. We didn't spend time in the Bible, but the kids did go to church and they love God. It is almost like going to college changed their beliefs. I worry I didn't do a good enough job, which is why they have heard others like, and then it's in quotes, professors and other people, reasons that have swayed their beliefs. If I helped, if I helped, if I had helped them to be more clear on truth, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. What do I do now? So for one, I just want to compliment you, Susan, that you said, what do you do now? That means you're more present in like what you can do and to not remain in that place of, 
have I screwed up? And that is what we feel. And sometimes there's guilt about that and stuff. But I like that you remain in this place of, okay, now what can I do? Because a lot of people have this. And I think it's also just the way of a child. You know, they get out on their own and they're trying their own things and they're testing their own beliefs and things. And yes, they're hearing a lot of outside influences. But um, I just took, took down some few notes. And as I'm doing this, I'm really thinking, Liz, I should be sending these questions to you guys if you're going to stay on early because I get to like think on this and then you guys are like on the spot. Okay, well, what do you think? But here are my bullets that I put on this question. I put, you know, first, just love those kids. Um, you know, I think of God, you know, when we stray and, you know, no matter what, he just loves us and he takes us back. And we know that that unconditional love is there. If there's judgment back on them, it's almost like they sort of have to defend their case and that sort of cements it more. So I say, just be gracious and love them for now. Um, teach them um, now and forever. So God is not done teaching them. So I think that remember that these children that are yours, that you love so much, are also God's. And he's not going to let go of them either. So remember that it's not all your power and control that has to be redirecting them. But so pray for God to help them. And also remember, it's sometimes rock bottom. It's sometimes rock bottom that gets us in those places. Think of your own life. I think of mine. That's when I really got close and remembered the truth of God when I had the mishaps and the screw-ups and the ways that I thought were right. I realized, no, they're not. And who did I turn to in the time of need was God. And that's that's that often helps. I mean, we don't want our kids to hit rock bottom, but let them feel a little. Um, just trust and pray. And then remember, you have grandchildren coming. <laughs> so I'm thinking, do what you can with your grandchildren. Um, and then also, don't frustrate your kids. I think of Ephesians 6, 4. This is sort of what I led to, led to earlier, but do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up, train them on the instruction of the Lord. So the little things here and there, they're going to have dilemmas as they're growing as they're living life. And as they do, just kindly, sweetly, um, not with a lot of power, just say, you know, something that leads them back to scripture to help them. Maybe it's a job and you can say, I'm going to pray for you. Um, and then lastly, get around everything that you can to train them up, your grandchildren and them. When they're home for Christmas, get that Christian music on the background quietly. You know, all these little things that you can do, but I'm sorry, Liz. So what do you got? Yeah, after I said all that. Well, no, that's all fabulous. The thing, the thing that was just coming up for me is uh, when you said the word judge, yeah. judgment, yeah. I find that it doesn't matter what the situation is with the other person, but if you adopt a posture of wonder and curiosity, tell me more about that as opposed to judgment or that's wrong, even if yeah. it feels that way. And especially, I mean, I've got a 13 and a, and a 15, almost 16 year old uh, daughters. And I have to constantly guard myself against that. And then the other thing I would say is, know that you're not alone. For this woman who's feeling like this, this is, and you know, I come from a multicultural background. We've got the Mediterranean, Spanish and Italian and very old world ways. You just have to understand that like, there's, there's different ways of doing things generationally and different cultures and et cetera. And the more that we can just learn from each other and wonder and be curious, the more that I think then you can, you can work on the heart space with those kids and then maybe learn something from them, but also to help them maybe get back to what you had taught them. That would yeah. be what I'd say. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that's really good. So I always like to leave these with a little challenge to people. And so I am going to challenge you to consider the choices you've made in the places that you're in. So break these down into home. So as much as you can, you know, what have you been doing in your home to choose God? to choose Christ, to listen to the Holy Spirit. I like that verse. As for me and my house, we will love and serve the Lord, right? But Proverbs 24, 3, by wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it's established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled and rare and beautiful with rare and beautiful treasures. And, you know, we think we know we're getting a great big house soon that we're all going to be in together. But I mean, really, in your home, just think on it a little bit. And where's your engagement? And what things can you challenge yourself to maybe put into place in your own home? The next one is work. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for God, not man. So in your workplaces, remember we had that free tool we gave away a few weeks ago. You can go to one of my episodes and download it, but it was talking about God's work. At your workplace, are you able to um, be an example of Christ there? Or do they put you in a situation where you're compromising what you think are ways that you know God would call you to behave? I mean, literally, some of us are at jobs where we're held to the idea that we need to steal. And it doesn't seem like that. Like we're making partnerships and arrangements and we think it's just business. But when we really, I mean, these things eat at us and eventually they just take us over. So be careful. What what is your work like? And then remember, I think Liz said this earlier. I think it's so beautiful. It doesn't matter what your job is. Are you loving and serving? I remember a man that I coached pumped gas and he was like, you know, I just pump gas. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I, I give the guy who pumps my gas cookies at the holiday. Like I, those people have a connection with the people that show up there every day. Like wherever you're at, are you loving and serving the neighborhood? So what can you do in your home? What can you do at your work or get yourself in work that allows you to be God given and and acting, but your neighborhood, think about your neighborhood. We're so busy. Do we hustle and bustle in and out of our car with the garage door up and down and rarely see our neighbors anymore? Do we sit outside and maybe have a fire pit at night and let anyone come that wants? Do we, how do we do this neighborhood thing? Mark 12, 31, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than those of love. I mean, honestly, do we love our neighbors? Because if we don't even know them, how hard is it to love them? How hard? And then last, the church. Colossians 3, 14 through 17, we've talked about this church and our decisions and getting to the churches. And so, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus. Thanks be to God the Father through Him. Get to those churches. Can we, I mean, if we're maybe going on Christmas and Easter, shoot for once a quarter. 
I mean, we're not asking the world here. If you're doing it once every three months, two, three months, try to, to go once a month. But I, I challenge you because I believe once you get in that church and that music starts and you feel things wash over you and you hear a little message that you know like stung, okay, that's the Holy Spirit. When that happens and you hear that sermon and it just trips you up, that's it. So I say, really look at these four places in your life. This is my challenge. And repeat your tip, Liz, or if you have another one, go ahead. I just say, encourage one another and build each other up just as you already are doing. Encourage, 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 and pray and listen to God. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I think that's great. We we need to talk more about prayer, but we are going to get ready to head out now. I want you to make sure that you're heading off to both of our Facebook pages and liking those pages. Both of us put tons of content on there for free just to sort of spur you and fill you up. So get to our pages. Um, we're both on Instagram. Go ahead and follow us there. And don't forget to come back next time and dial in, listen in, because next time we're going to be talking about what the word tells us on making wise choices. And I'm giving away another free tool. All right. We will talk to you next time on Living Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.